All right, y'all, you know how this goes. I (laughs) am only posting when I feel super inspired to post because I don't have a podcast editor and producer yet. So we're manifesting that one. But two, this is me like, screw the editing, screw the intro, screw all these things. One day I'll stop making these intros and just get into it. But I am posting this because I had such a good conversation with Courtney Johnson. I literally messaged her on TikTok last night I think and maybe two nights ago and was like hey will you come my podcast she has been so inspiring to me so she has mastered I mean she's a social media I guess consultant manager whatever and she has mastered the art of not only um, building a personal brand on LinkedIn but also building a personal brand on TikTok and being able to leverage her personal brand on LinkedIn for jobs and opportunities that you otherwise wouldn't get if you're just sending your resume out like everyone else and I really believe I've been thinking about getting on LinkedIn for a while but I've never been in corporate so I didn't know where to start I was very intimidated by the whole thing and I just felt kind of embarrassed but then Courtney popped into my life and we talk a little bit about this in the episode and she just reaffirmed my gut instinct that you got to be building a personal brand on LinkedIn the way that I see it it's like a living portfolio of your expertise your thoughts your opinions the way you might approach problem solving or the way that you might you know think about a situation in a company or whatever and you can demonstrate and actively showcase your value on LinkedIn in a way that you will never be able to do in a resume or even on the spot in an interview. This is an ongoing living portfolio and I genuinely believe that whether you want to work for yourself or not, I don't really care. You got to be building a personal brand on LinkedIn. <laughs> and trust me when I say I was not expecting um, promoting LinkedIn or promoting being a LinkedIn influencer uh, to be on my 2023 bingo card. Never saw that one coming and yet here I am advocating for for LinkedIn up until I mentioned this in the episode but literally two months ago it said I was still interning for the social media influencer that I interned for in college so I am definitely new to this world but it has given me so much confidence I can already feel it opening doors like it's only a matter of time and I personally really want to get into consulting and I didn't really know how to do that in the new era and LinkedIn is the way like this is the way So please take a second to listen to this episode, get into it, go follow Courtney Johnson, absolutely obsessed with her. You can even add her on LinkedIn, she'll add you back. And she's got a LinkedIn course, she's got a TikTok course. I've taken her LinkedIn course. It's incredibly valuable and helpful. Um, So yeah, I love it. I think that so many people will benefit from this conversation. And of course we get in deep, you know, it's not just about like how to posture on LinkedIn. It's we're getting into it. So without further ado, let's go. Courtney. So today we're talking to Courtney Johnson, who I would call you like a, a next level LinkedIn expert or like LinkedIn influencer. Um, but I found you on TikTok. And so we'll talk about both those things. But hi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Whitney. I'm so excited to be here. Like, like I said, I love your TikToks. They're they're really cool. I feel like our brains are are really similar. <laughs> okay, I feel the same way. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a little tickle in my throat today, but I feel the same way. And I love your style of video and the way that you present information. And so when I saw that we were mutuals, I, I forgot when that happened. I was I definitely did a little like excited dance. I love it. I love it. No, I I think that it's like when you see someone that resonates with you or like you have the same vibe you have the same way of thinking about things and communicating information you're like 
oh okay they get it they get it too like they get yeah. how how my brain works you know so of course we're mutuals the algorithm brought us here <laughs> I know thank god for that I feel yeah. like that's the only place I meet online friends now is through TikTok so but you have inspired me so much I've been expanding into LinkedIn I've been on my LinkedIn influencer journey um which I really want to get into I'm curious how you started that and made that trans transition from, I saw a post even this morning when I was scrolling of you being like, yeah, you know, these brands that used to reject my applications are now hiring me to be a consultant. Tell me a little bit about that transition for you. Yeah. So I've, I've always been a social media manager, like right out of college, I worked for different like advertising agencies and stuff for the social media manager. And I always just found that personal brands worked best. So like yeah. if I was, you know, running a Instagram page for like a restaurant, I would be like, wait, but I actually want to talk to the owner and I want to leverage his audience and go through his personal brand. Or maybe I was, you know, had a client that was like a tech company and it would be like a woman who's like, I really want to put a lot of effort into the company pages. And I'm like, actually, can I just have your passwords? And mm -hmm. people didn't like it. Like people didn't like it. They, it was uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable because it's easy to hide behind a logo or a brand. But I just found like in social media management, personal brands on LinkedIn got my clients to their goal fastest. Whether that goal mm -hmm. was like to get more customers, to get like, you know, more attention to get funding, whatever. And so I started building out my own personal brand on LinkedIn a few years ago. And it wasn't until like, really, I was planning my 2023 that I was like, I'm going to go all in like post every day, mm. fully be in it. And I mean, it's been transformative. Um, I've it just my career has taken off. I've, you know, I've been posting on LinkedIn for for many years, and it's definitely helped. I've never had to really apply for jobs. I've never really had to you know, go out of my way to find clients because they come to me. But the last year has definitely skyrocketed just because I really committed to like posting every single day of 2023. Yeah. So were you in-house before? Or have you always been doing it through freelance consultant? So I was at agencies for like three years and then okay. I went in-house for a few years and then went freelance again. And now I'm, yeah, freelance again. Yeah. As you should be. I feel like you're in such a good position right now to be freelance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually tried it before and I totally failed. Like I tried it yeah. a few years ago. Didn't work. Couldn't get enough clients. I mean, I probably could have, I just, you know, it didn't, didn't have the information. Yeah. Uh, and it, so now is the first time I'm doing it successfully. Good for you. That's awesome. I think that's a good message too, because a lot of people try the whole working for yourself thing and it doesn't, you know, pan out as immediately as the ego wants it to. And so then they like freak out and give up and it's like, well, maybe just the timing is off. Right. Put in a little more groundwork or something. I always say you have to get your reps in. So like you have to get your reps in of like failing. So if you want to start freelancing or you want to start working on your own or you want to start a company one day, start failing early and often. Yes. Like start failing when the stakes are low. Start, you know, set up a farmer's market booth, booth for like $300 and lose your $300 and learn what it feels like to fail and learn all your lessons or, you know, start these little projects where you're learning to fail. So you won't fail when it gets to be like higher amounts of money and higher stakes. Yeah. And it's like, you're going to fail anyway. So you might as well just get a jump on it. Like, yeah, for sure. Like get, get into it. Yeah. It, you have to learn to not fear it because yeah. it's, it's inevitable. Like it is inevitable for sure. If you, yeah. if you try to avoid it, you're going to get nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so for you on this journey, what 
How, how was it starting with freelance and then going back? I think you, you went to in-house after that or you did another agency? Yeah, I went back in-house. Okay. How was that? Well, it was, it was great because it was my first time going in-house. So I was like agency, okay. agency, freelance, finally went in-house and I was like, oh, this is easy. I'm not yeah. dealing with 10 clients at one time. And I went into like the B2B tech world, which honestly for social media has like low expectations. Like no one's looking out for the next like B2B tech Instagram account. Right. So it was pretty easy to like please everyone and make them happy um, and like minimally work. Like I was like, oh shit, this is kind of an easy job. Um, unfortunately, I, I mean, I would have stayed there forever. It was so comfortable. I was getting paid well. I would have stayed there forever, but they got acquired and I got laid off. Um mm-hmm. But I, I think sometimes people get sucked into the comfort routines of this is like too good where I'm not going to try to reach for more. And I definitely was in that. But I loved working in-house. It was fun. But I did really over-index on uh, the founder's uh, personal LinkedIn's. Like that's how that's how they got all the results. The, the brand pages were whatever. But the founder's LinkedIn is what really people got interested in because they people want to follow along your journey. Like if you're building in public, you're sharing your failures in public you're sharing you know you're asking questions you're getting the audience involved in whatever you're building that's like the best way to do it everyone everyone has a stake in the game yeah agreed it's so interesting you say that too because i think about b2b and my brain especially tech my brain immediately just is like oh my god i'm so tired you know like i don't even their instagram like nothing would put me to sleep faster, but you're right. Founders, like that's interesting to me. I love following founders and listening to, you know, the things they're learning and the journey they've been through. Exactly. Even if it's for a boring product, like the product I worked for was kind of boring. It was like meeting notes, but to hear the founders talk about why they think meetings suck and their radical ideas on why we should have less than four hours of meetings a week and how they want to change corporate culture to canceling meetings and why time is so valuable. Like Oh, yeah. spiritually like that was fucking cool hearing yeah. about that and, and writing about that like as a ghostwriter for them that's really cool and that's the kind of thing too that I find people lose when they get into corporate is they've got this drive and this passion there's a reason why they started this company or you know what have you but then you get into it and it gets kind of watered down and stifled by the corporate machine oh my god the corporate machine is soul sucking like and I think the bigger the company you work for the worse it is because startups a lot of times can be fun you're all kind of like collaborating you have this energy together but like I don't know I feel like when big groups of people come together it creates this like entity and too many people it like loses passion I don't know but working for big companies is just horrible especially in social media like things go through so many rounds of approvals nobody gets it like it's hard to explain things to old people in marketing that don't understand culture of social media like it just sucks the creative freedom out of you and it really does lead to complacency though because it it does become a habit and a routine and it does become comfortable especially if you're making good money um but yeah it's I I couldn't go back (laughs) I completely get that and I think it's interesting too because I I see a lot of the advice that you post online and I've been in I've been doing social media forever. You know, I was coding my MySpace back in the day. And like, I've been actively making money on social media for like seven years. And a lot of your advice feels so obvious and I've never really been in corporate. So to me, it's mind boggling that you're like bumping up against so much resistance for people being just saying, you know, not taking your advice for what it is. I'm like, why are they trying to ruin the fun? 
Absolutely. No, I, I think it's interesting that you say that because I, these things have always been fascinating to me. Like these tips I put out, they're fascinating because as someone who just has never really like felt fit in the mold, being in the corporate world, I'm like, that's so weird. Why are they doing that? Why are they talking like that? Oh, do I have to talk like that? Okay, let me practice talking like that. And so, oh, I saw that somebody did this, but it's hush hush. But I tried it and it worked. So like, I was so fascinated by all of this. And when I started sharing it, like I was surprised too that people were mind blown by these things. Cause I'm like, well, there are things that, we see every day it's just things people don't want to talk about because it's not really it's not really like culturally okay and I also think it's like shining a mirror on I mean all content creators are a mirror like you're reflecting back what you're consuming you're reflecting back your experiences and I think I trigger people when I shine a mirror on almost like the stupidness of corporate um but a lot of people get mad too just they're like this advice would not work in this industry or this advice doesn't apply like there are obvious exceptions to everything. Like I always tell people like, don't listen to my advice, take what resonates with you, like leave what doesn't. If you're in the mindset of you're looking for someone to give you the exact framework with no changes or adaptation to yourself that will solve your exact problem, like that's the wrong way to look at it. You're going to be looking forever and you're never going to find that thing. Right. Yes. And I also have a hard time. You said the thing of, um, you know, that wouldn't work for this particular industry or whatever. I have a hard time believing that because even if we're taking the, the advice that you give around imperfection and making quote, like bad content in the sense that it's low budget or not so curated, I think that I can't think of a single industry that wouldn't benefit from that. Yeah. I see what you mean. I, you're right. I I think that's kind of comes back to like, a deeper message in my content someone asked me recently like oh if if you could do anything if you can create content around anything like and not career stuff what would it be and I'm like career stuff like this is the lens through my experience which I can like educate people on things that are deeper like yeah authenticity and connecting with each other and giving value and showing up and like sharing your message like those are all things I really care about but for me like it's easy to communicate that through the lens of career totally and how to communicate your message as a brand or as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think people people could use to not take themselves so seriously. And this new era of content actually rewards that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. I, I think it's the new era of content is going to be great because I, I know people are upset. Like there's too much content and chat GPT is making boring content and whatever. But it just really is opening up a space for real authentic content creators to shine through. And yeah, we're beyond the time of like Instagram aspirationalness, whatever, like overly photoshopped, filtered. And what people are desiring right now is like real authentic connection. Yeah. And a little bit of humor and yeah. you know, transparency, a person behind the brand, 100%. Exactly. Exactly. They, I think we all desire that because it is so rare. Like, it's rare to, to really see like authenticity. And I think innately we can feel that. Like, I think when we're consuming content, we can be like, something feels fishy about this. Something feels weird or like, Oh, I really resonate with this person. So it's important, but brands and companies miss that. Like they miss it. They miss the authentic connection. Everything is this like overly polished, overly produced piece of nothingness. And it like loses its soul. Yep. It really does. And it's so felt. And I think that's something that our political system, corporations, just everyone, like the old way of being the old era of at least the U.S. 
and our like capitalist economy is so used to being able to like pull the wool over our eyes and kind of lie their way to get what they want. And it's not working anymore. And people are pissed about it. And it's like, or you could just adapt, but that would require you to be somewhat authentic and then you would be exposed. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Yeah. It's, it's like a paradox for sure. I, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's interesting you say that because again, going through like, we're all sharing the same message just through different lenses. Um, some people will have, you know, have the criticism for me of, you know, what you're, sh- wait, hold on. I, oh, okay. We're back. Um, <laughs> people have the criticism for me of like what you're sharing, you know, I, why are you sharing all this capitalism, bad corporation, bad, whatever. And it's like, yeah, I, I get that. But you also, there's like a practicality to this where y- you kind of have to master what's going on in your current environment to like evolve past that. So I'm not endorsing these things. I'm not endorsing corporate structures. I'm not endorsing capitalism. I'm saying this is the game we're playing right now. Right. Here's how to win the game on your own. And once you have power, because winning the game is getting power, then you can make changes, but nobody's going to be able to make changes without power. Yep. And power these days is attention. Exactly. And also that's what you're doing, Whitney, is really cool, like very tied back to that too of you know, helping people again too with like money, career, attention, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it really is power. It's leverage. It's like having power and leverage to be able to make decisions and influence other people um, is like the most powerful thing we can do. So when people are like, you know, poo poo on it, or even people that's like, that's not religious, that's not spiritual, that's not whatever, because it's like money and earthly things. But like, this is, again, the lens through which we can evolve to whatever else we we want to be yeah I find that there's two camps of people that are a Venn diagram of where I exist and it sounds like you kind of exist in the same place of I obviously from a theoretical standpoint can look at all these things and critique them and imagine a world in which like none of it is even relevant and all this stuff right like I can exist in that theoretical world and I think a lot of people who are active in social justice and are active in like anti-capitalism and all that stuff exist in that theoretical realm problem being not everyone can just exist in the theoretical realm there are people who thrive and those are our writers or philosophers or activists things like that but then there's like the rest of us who we have to like be playing the game otherwise we're just talking about this sort of abstract idea while existing in reality of what it actually is right now and the gap is too big Oh my God, I could, I literally could not agree more. I think for me, it's like a matter, and this like goes back to working in corporations, but also like our whole divisive system. We're getting really deep, really fast. I'm um, all about it. <laughs> I, I think it's a matter of how you look versus what problems you're solving. And some people want to look good. They want to look like mm-hmm. they're doing well. They want to, like when you're talking about like, yeah, people really into social social justice, I've noticed, I noticed it myself like a few years ago when I was reflecting, some of the things I was doing was to look good to others, to like posture, to be like, look at me, I'm so educated and I'm so woke when I really wasn't doing the work behind that. And right. I think in corporations, when I, like when I'm working on social media, whatever, I'm like, this is the thing that's going to work and solve the problem. But they want me to be like, look a certain way, act a certain way, like play the mm-hmm. politics of it. But unfortunately, sometimes to solve problems, you have to sacrifice looking good to others. You have to sacrifice looking like playing the social games um, 
but yeah i mean there's sometimes there's social games sometimes there's actual problem solving games and i find that i i personally value the problem solving games more i personally value how do i solve this problem how do i get you this result how do whatever and not how do i please every single person i can along the way and frankly the nature of the social game is changing dramatically as seen by the work that you're doing i mean the work that we're both doing and and the the focus of a personal brand and like we're talking about the necessity of being authentic online. You know, I can't even tell you the number of times that I've, you know, looked at my friends, I've seen, you know, Kamala Harris or Biden post something so detached and robotic on Instagram. And I'm like, I just wish like the way that I want a politician to sit down, look me in the eye and be like, this is the, this is the deal. Like, here's what the fuck is up. Let's talk about it. Like how refreshing. And I, you know what I mean? Like, why is there not a single PR or social media person in our political system that's like, you need to loosen up and get a little more authentic? Like, it's just such a disconnect of of the social game that we're playing. And I think this quicker that people get on board with this new way of representing yourself online and like existing online, the quicker we can all start getting to the problem solving. Like, absolutely. Like, I could not agree more. Like, you're right. And it's probably like a loop where the PR person feels like this is what they should do. They should mm-hmm. have a political figure show up this way. And the political figure feels like that's how they should. And then us as the audience is feeling like they're a political figure. They should act this way. And it's just like a reinforcement loop. But the people that are breaking the loop are like that. That's what's going to make you stand out if you can break that loop. And yeah, same thing happens with content creators or brands. It's like, here's how I think I should show up. Here's how I think I should filter myself. Here's what I think I should say instead of here's what I believe, here's what I think, here's what, whatever. And that loop of games is just not helpful. It's not getting us anywhere. It's not. Did you ever have time where you, I'm sure you did, but I'm curious about it, of theoretically understanding that and promoting it and advocating it all day long. But then of course, when you go to actually post something that's a little bit edgy or a little bit, you know, divisive or whatever, that fear comes up and you're like, should I water this down? Should I, you know, whatever. How do you deal with that? Yeah, I, okay, I actually kind of like when people disagree with me (laughs) because it means I'm doing something right. Like I can't please everyone. And oftentimes like I feel like I've created a space or like a culture in my personal brand where when people do disagree with me, they're very um, polite about it and offering really valid, like awesome different perspectives. And I have to remind myself if I was in their shoes, lived their life, had their beliefs, had their religion, their culture, I would believe the exact same thing that they right. believe. Like I have to remind myself that. So it's it's not personal if someone disagrees with me or I said something that offended someone. Like, first of all, second of all, I want to facilitate, like I want to invite criticism and like facilitate that positively. Obviously, if someone's just like being harassing, I'm I'm not going to entertain that, but I want to entertain like positive feedback. And then, yeah, it means you're doing something right. Like if everyone likes your content, you're not a good content creator. Like you should have resistance or else you're not saying anything unique. Like if you try to please and appease everyone, you're going to please no one. Yeah. Have you always felt that way? Was that kind of intrinsic to you or have you developed that? I've always felt that way. I I grew up in a really strict Catholic school. and I was always like this is the this is not this is bullshit like I'm seeing the patterns of you're saying love people but then you're expelling people from our school for being gay or expelling right. people for being pregnant or 
you're saying that we should, you know, follow the teachings of Jesus, but then what Jesus is saying is not what you're doing. So I like notice all those patterns and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, why, yeah. why don't, why does nobody else see this? Yeah. That's why I'm streaming it on social media through my, I mean, the lens of what I'm communicating through career or whatever, through what I know. But yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm like beating a dead horse. I'm like screaming, like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's, and this, I think that's such a good example of how content creation is a mirror. And I'm so glad you had said that earlier because I feel this way. I think reality shows and content creation are two of the most powerful mirrors and indicators or like lenses that we have into our culture and into societal belief systems and whatever, not just what you're seeing, but also the way that people react to it tells so much about society and one as a side tangent it really gets under my skin with when men especially are like oh that stuff is so stupid or like you care about being on the internet and I'm like do you not like to pay attention to society do you not like to be involved in the culture because I I do that doesn't make any sense to me but then two this is how you know talking about building a personal brand on LinkedIn, right, can be inherently rebellious in counterculture, even though it feels very sort of Mm -hmm. whatever it feels, I can't even, I don't even have the word for it. You know, it's like, oh, you just talk about careers, like, but, but really the way that you talk about something is reflecting your deeper values of having grown up in a very like strict Christian environment or Catholic environment and having that experience of like seeing the disconnect and then portraying that in a different industry like it's all the same shit it's all the same you're so right of, of, of LinkedIn being an act of rebellion to me to me it is and people will say oh you're just like I don't know sucking the dick of corporate America by posting on LinkedIn I'm like actually I'm creating independence for myself I'm I'm free like giving away access to information that I didn't have I'm sh- I'm using a platform to like share my knowledge like that is right so powerful it's taking the power back like building your personal brand is putting power in yourself to where if your company does fuck you over if you do lose your job if you need money if you whatever like you have a community there that's like supporting you like you're building something that you own and you're even with your linkedin your company does not own your linkedin that is your personal professional brand that transcends your current job so in five years if you want to start a company or in 10 years if you want to switch careers or whatever your goal may be Having that, having that built out is so powerful because it puts yeah. the control in your hands and not like corporations' hands. Yeah. It's you came into my you know when it's like when you're ready for a teacher, they show up or they they appear, <laughs> I forget how the saying goes. You popped into my reality at such an interesting time because obviously I've been working for myself for seven years. It's been uh, up and down to say the least, right. Really successful. And then really not successful. And then just, I I've been through quite the journey with it and it's emotionally challenging. And I am in a good, I'm, I'm like on an upward trend right now, but the reason why I started questioning about LinkedIn, cause I'd been thinking about it for a while. And there was something in my brain, there was some intuitive voice that was like, start posting on LinkedIn, but you know, LinkedIn influence, I mean, two things there, LinkedIn influencers get a really bad rap. And I, I do want to hear your perspective on that because I think it's really funny. It's almost like a derogatory term to be like, oh, you're a LinkedIn influencer. And it's like, shut up. <laughs> Actually, let's just go there. And then I'll come back to my, what I was saying. Yeah. It's so funny. I call, I call it bro of like when people were like today, yeah. I, I, I pulled over because the car had a flat tire and then I hired the homeless person. And it's like, right. oh. 
save your cat from the tree yeah (laughs) yeah exactly um no but yeah there is like a stigma around it and I started posting on LinkedIn like five years ago which my friends were like what the fuck are you doing like always making fun of me whatever but I mean it is a it's it's where people are going to make buying decisions people Mm -hmm. aren't going to make a $100,000 hiring decision on Instagram they're just not people are not going to buy a thousand dollar five thousand dollar coaching session on tiktok well yes they might they do but they're they're already primed to do that on linkedin they're already going on linkedin to make business decisions people are there having like conversations around business and so to tap into that is to create like power um and so yeah it's it's douchey or whatever but actually that makes it easier to stand out the fact that there's so many douchey posts and that people are so like broetry and these linkedin influencers are talking about how they're like hiring the pregnant girl and like look at me I'm so special like okay that's all shitty content content on LinkedIn is shitty (laughs) if you can have a even a little iota of personality on LinkedIn you're gonna blow up you're gonna stand out like totally you don't have to be a good writer you don't have to be and you do have to be good at making videos to stand out on TikTok you do have to be good to stand out on Instagram you don't have to be that good to stand out on LinkedIn which is why I encourage it it's funny that you said you have to be good at making videos, stand out on TikTok, and you stand out on TikTok, and you have to be good at Instagram because Instagram's fucking lost the plot. <laughs> Instagram has lost the plot. Separate tangent, but the thing I really like about LinkedIn that I wasn't expecting to like is the sort of re-focus re- or not re because they never left it of long form writing. Mm. I miss that so much about Instagram and I know you can still do it. You can still write captions, whatever, but it's, they lost the plot. Mm -hmm. That's how I built my entire brand on Instagram. I've literally talked about this on LinkedIn, how I built my entire brand with long form writing on Instagram, went over to LinkedIn. I was like, holy shit, I've been looking for this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I mean, you probably have so much content. You can just like repurpose then like write to LinkedIn, which is, that's amazing. But, um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm a long form content writer. Like I'm a writer at heart. That is my first creation. And mm-hmm. everybody, even if you don't think you do, you have your thing when it comes to creation, whether that's like through painting, through writing, through making videos, through music. My thing has always been long form writing, which yeah, drew me to LinkedIn and I was terrified to get on video. Um, so I kind of used LinkedIn as like a litmus test for the rest of my platforms where I have long form pieces and by long form pieces, I don't actually mean long form. They're like three paragraphs long right um but <laughs> but I see what performs best and then I repurpose it to my other platform so most of my TikToks are actually just LinkedIn posts that I'm using the right. LinkedIn as a script which is great because it's like a litmus test of, of testing out longer pieces of content and then you can also break that up and like if you have three paragraphs talking about something you can post those as three different posts on another platform too yeah so back to the you coming into my life at a particular time an interesting time I I was getting to this point where I was getting really frustrated in my business of just like, I have essentially pigeonholed myself into one vision of how I want to be successful without meaning to, because if you ask anyone, and if you go look at my Instagram, even my TikTok, you'd be like, oh, this girl questions all the time, you know, ways to be successful. And she's got such a wide vision, but there's something about when you work for yourself, there's this unspoken pressure to, you have to be successful in it or your failure and like, don't give up don't give up. I swear to God, don't give up. You know, Alex Ramosi, like every other day is like the only way to lose is to give up. And it's like, I fundamentally agree with that. 
And also there is a lot of pressure to be like, okay, well, I started as a coach. So now I got to keep making money as a coach. Otherwise, whatever, I have to give my whole business. So long story short, I was entertaining the idea of getting a job because I was like, why don't I just challenge myself? Why don't I just see? And then I was reminded why I never got a job in the first place. I, what is a resume? I hate it. Drives me absolutely bonkers. And then you popped up of like build a brand on LinkedIn. I was like, oh, I know how to build a personal brand. I can do that. I'll deal with the resume later. You know, I paid someone to make this boring ass resume for me, but like you started talking about building a personal brand on LinkedIn. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. It's a living resume. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I, first of all, I do encourage to go. I, I found a lot of value in when I was working for myself and then went back to in-house and then worked for myself again. Like I did feel like it was a good pause and reflection of like, ah, yeah. oh, I kind of like see more things. I take some distance from it. So I agree with Alex Ramosi, but that's also, I think that's in the thing of what you're giving up on. You're not giving up on yourself. If you make a career pivot or a transition, you're still yes. doing the thing. Right. But, um, yeah, I, it's, it's really powerful because you, when you build your LinkedIn, you don't really have to like apply for as many jobs. You don't have to like do all the resume stuff. I mean, like I said, I don't, outwardly get clients all of my social media management clients are inbound in my LinkedIn DMs they they have top of mind awareness because people that are looking they're already looking for you they're looking for someone to solve their problem in my case they're looking for someone to manage social media or like consult on their social media I'm just making it easier for them to find me so mm -hmm. I don't have to do the work of like applying and like fighting to be whatever they're already I have top of mind awareness where they're like oh Courtney Johnson social media girl I mm -hmm. need social media help who do I go to oh, I see that Courtney Johnson girl. Like it is so powerful, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the perfect platform or, you know, approach for people who feel like, and I relate so deeply to this. So I want to put words to it. The people who feel like they have so much to offer and they'd be so good if only someone would see what they're good at. Yeah. My dad used to say to me, and I, I said this to my mom recently because my dad passed away a few years ago. I said this to my mom recently. And she's like, I don't remember your dad saying that. Like, I don't know if I agree with it, but like clearly big, <laughs> like form, what, what's it called? One of those moments that like- Oh, like, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like it was a pivotal moment for me. And he said, you don't, sounds really dry, but you don't always look the best on paper. Mm. but get you in a room and you'd get any job. Mm. And I think I internalized that maybe a little bit too much, but he kind of had a point. And I've always kind of felt that way. You know, the, the further I get in my career, the better on paper I can make myself look because I've had more experiences and whatever, but it's so hard for me to put into words what I'm good at and how I can help someone, but I can show you all day. Mm. That's powerful. That's exactly right. And I, I, have been the same way. Like I, my, I mean, I can bullshit my way into like a nice looking resume, but I haven't worked for the biggest companies. I didn't go to great schools. I got shit grades. I barely passed school. Like I'm not this like smart genius paper person, but you're right. You can, you LinkedIn becomes a portfolio of your expertise and it becomes a portfolio of what you're really good at and what you're passionate about. So when I was starting out, when I even had no experience, I was started to post about this was McDonald's advertising campaign. And here are things I liked about it. Like so simple and not even creating any of my own content, just commenting on other things, commenting on, and and even that got people to start noticing of, oh, I see how you think. I see how you analyze these 
social media campaigns. All right, now I'm interested in you. Like, and then I like built a confidence to start posting my own work and my own thoughts. But I mean, I think another reason why being in the room and like showing people really is captivating because again, you're not hiding behind something. Like you're putting it out there, building your personal brand. You are facing the fear of being publicly wrong. Not that that is really something you should fear, but that's the the risk that you take. Um, and that just makes people trust you so much more. And again, the thing is, most people just don't do it. Like 99, oh, 1%, this is a real stat. 1% of LinkedIn users post once a week. So if you can just start posting one time per week, you can rank in the top 1% of 900 million people. 900 million people is a lot of fucking people. Like that is yep. so powerful. Yeah. And that was actually the stat that really landed with me of like, what the fuck am I doing and why am I not doing this yet? Because people will sit here all day and bitch about the Instagram algorithm. But if you recommend that they try a different platform, you know, and I don't always think the solution is to just abandon the platform and whatever. But if you're, if you recommend something like LinkedIn, it's like, well, you got another excuse for that. And it's like, well, then what is it really? Mm -hmm. What are we really, what's the real issue here? Because if it's the algorithm, you're right. LinkedIn, there's so much hope in posting on LinkedIn because it's just you're, the competition's not really there. Exactly. And the algorithm barely changes. Like they right. make it one algorithm update a year and it's yeah. like such a small shift. They move so slow. Um, that, and again, it's just like, if you have any little bit of personality, like you're, you're going to stand out. But I think that's the key. Like when people fail is going on LinkedIn and trying to be super corporate, trying to be like, this mm -hmm. is how they want me to show up. But if you just show up as yourself, whether that be in the tone you're speaking in the topics you're writing about in like really whatever, but if you can just be you and not have to go through this filter of like what they think I should show up as, yeah, you're going to, you're going to take off. And again, like you're, this is all planting seeds. So some of the, like you may not see results on LinkedIn for like a few weeks or a few months, but it's planting seeds for the future. I have clients now that started following me on LinkedIn five years ago. I have like mm. business partnerships now that started following me three years ago. It's all planting the seeds for the future. Although I will say if you optimize your profile and start posting once per week, you're probably going to see results like pretty, pretty significantly fast, especially if you already have somewhat of an existing audience on there. Yeah. I got your LinkedIn course and I'm, I'm about halfway through it because I don't know. That's my style to like get really into it and go halfway and then be like, oh, I'll get back to it later. So a good reminder for me, because I think that I, my profile is not quite optimized yet enough yet to like actually start ranking, but I've been getting a little bit of traction on my posts and something that I've noticed that's happening that I was not expecting. I think I made a TikTok about this is that when I started, there's, there's been something really powerful, me, powerful for me about posting on LinkedIn, because I feel like I can talk about business stuff and my experiences as a business owner in a way that I didn't feel like, or I don't feel like I can talk about it on Instagram. I think, and that's all in my head, of course, because people do want to hear about it on Instagram. But the fact, like you said, that LinkedIn is literally a place where people go in with buying decisions and are thinking about business. It's kind of cool to have this little sort of nerdy business side where I can talk about all these things and also be unapologetically myself. And in doing so, I feel like I'm energetically attracting not only more, I'm not only creating more confidence and like exuding more confidence, but I'm energetically attracting like appreciation opportunities. Like I'm opening doors for opportunities that were not energetically open before. Absolutely. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. It, it yeah it does because it is a different energy obviously it feels more 
yeah, I mean, it does feel more professional and sometimes like it feels more stuffy and whatever, but think about like Instagram. If you're posting something about your business, maybe you're saying how you built your funnel or whatever. You're posting that on your Instagram. People might be like, yeah, I've seen that before or whatever. On LinkedIn, all of these like people that have no idea anything about social media are think are like literally still running the same place from like 2004 are going to see that and be like, holy fuck like I have never seen an email drip campaign like that that is so not what like that's I don't know you're coming from like the other social media platform world the things that you think are normal or are normal are gonna be fucking mind-blowing on LinkedIn yeah yeah I had this conversation with myself of you know, what the hell do I post on LinkedIn? Who cares? What, do, what kind of job do I want? Should I post in relation to like the type of job or consulting opportunity? Cause really I want to be a consultant. I want to hop in, give my advice and hop the fuck out. But that's, you know, I was open to a job in the meantime. Right. And I was thinking about, you know, what should I post? Or I was kind of going about it from that sort of businessy perspective again. And then I started thinking about how many people I went to high school with or college with or met in my early 20s because I fully stopped using my LinkedIn at 23 until two months ago. Okay. It, like my LinkedIn two months ago said that I still worked for the girl that I interned for in college, <laughs> still was still there. So good for me, I guess. But I was thinking about it and I'm like, so many of the people who I knew in my early twenties have seen that I do the social media thing, or I've seen that I run a business or see that I do the coaching thing, but they have no concept of what actually goes on in a day-to-day. They have no concept that I've pivoted my brand publicly because that in itself is like incredibly, I mean, there's so much value in doing a public pivot and being able to learn from it. They haven't seen, you know, the, all the failures that I've gone through in my business. They haven't seen the marketing campaigns and the funnels and the, and the product launches and things like that, that I've done because I do every job in my business and we just don't talk about it. (laughs) So I was like, that's what, that's the content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what people, you know, I I like that you're like also taking existing content. I think that's something people miss is if you if you are on another platform wanting to go on LinkedIn, you can repurpose all of your content on LinkedIn. Like even if it seems not work appropriate, like do it anyways. But again, it's going to be a different perspective. Like right now I'm on LinkedIn, YouTube shorts, Instagram, mostly on reels and TikTok. And I will post the exact same video on all of those platforms and completely different response, completely. Some of them will totally tank. Some will blow up. Like it is interesting. The audiences are so different that I do recommend like repurposing some of the stuff you already have and like really like stretching the life of your content. Because first of all, like no one's going to remember. And if they do, that's fan behavior. Um, Only one person has ever called me out for repurposing content. But um, yeah, it's fine. Like it's, it's, people need to hear the same message over and over to make a decision. So repurpose your content. Um, But also you're right. Like you're, you're already creating these things. You're already working on this. You're already answering these questions from your clients. You're already like creating that uh, like funnel or whatever, like share that. Like you don't have to like sit down and think about what am I going to post today? You're already doing all the things. It's like about documenting what you're already doing. Yeah. Are you making money on YouTube shorts? I'm not. I don't, I'm, I don't know if you can monetize it. No, you can. There's a lot what? of money. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. I'm not doing. I, I'm not making money on Instagram either, and I feel like I should be because I'm getting like a lot. I'm of not making. On, I'm not making money on Instagram. I don't know how they took away the only. <sighs> Whatever. Oh, fuck Instagram. I got my. I was like, I'm gonna monetize it. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm about to monetize my shorts. I'm gonna figure out how to do that. I think you need a certain number of followers, but then once you get monetized, I've heard that that's where the real money is. Is in YouTube Shorts. 
interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm going to get on that. Everyone go subscribe to my YouTube. Yeah, right. I know exactly. Like I'm in the um, creator program beta on TikTok and I can maybe a hundred dollars a month, but I can see how that will grow as my follower count grows and all of that stuff. So I'm like in it for the long game. Yeah. I'd be so curious if you, cause I haven't started posting on YouTube shorts. I probably should or will. Um, if you figure it out, let me know. I'm very curious. Okay, I will. I yeah. will. But you, you bring up a good point about leverage when it comes to social media. And this is true for all platforms of like, all right, you're making a hundred dollars a month on TikTok just by what you're already doing with no extra effort, just keeping what you're already doing. You yeah. double your views, you make $200 a month and you 10 extra views at 2000. Like le- the leverage that comes from having an audience is amazing. Even if we're not talking about monetization, like let's say we're talking about LinkedIn, you know, you're built, you built your audience from 1000 people to 5,000 people and you put out an offer. That's like 4,000 more people that see it. That's, you know, yeah. if your conversion rates 10%, that's four, five X, I don't know. I can't do math. Something X <laughs> your amount so building that top of funnel again to plant the seeds for your entire career that's going to transcend what you're doing now like as your business pivots whatever the people are going to be there for that but like building that top of funnel is so important yeah and documenting like the number I'm finally now filling out my experience section because there's a again a five year or so gap and I've started actually embracing what the experience section could look like instead of just being like, I've owned a business for seven years. And like, that's that like the projects section has become my new favorite section on my LinkedIn because I'm uploading like every course, every workbook, every, literally everything I've done. And I so wish that I had been doing this all along and keeping up with it because now I got to dig through the archives, find everything, you know, maybe fabricate some numbers that I can't quite remember, whatever it is. And I think that more people would benefit from seeing it like that. Even if you're doing a free little, you know, I used to, I used to make in college, I used to make these like educational materials, like design education materials for internships that I was in. I could have been putting all that stuff on there, but I didn't understand that this is a living portfolio. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. A living portfolio. Like just for people, I don't, it's just the trust in that is amazing. Like for people to go back and see like, oh, wow, like you've been thinking outside of the box since your college internships. And this is the way, like you can see how someone's brain works. You can see exactly how they would be a fit. And again, like someone's already looking for you. What if they're looking for, you know, we have this tech startup and we really need someone who understands the creator economy that also understands creating resources that also understands marketing and that also is in this certain industry. And that, like how they find you is through your profile. Like they're searching for those specific things and it's making you very accessible. Like, and that's where consulting comes in. The more your profile is built out on LinkedIn, consulting often is for very extremely specific projects, extremely yeah. specific, extremely niche experiences. And that's how they find you is through your profile. Hell yeah. I love that. I, I feel so hopeful about the opportunities that LinkedIn can give you. This sounds like an ad, but it's, it's true. I know. It's awesome. <laughs> it, is, it is crazy too. But also I, I recommend just like adding a shit ton of people to your LinkedIn. Okay. So I've been doing that because I don't know anything. So I just go ahead and add people. I had a guy message me last night being like, Hey, I don't think I know you. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Your headline gave me a good vibe. So I added you. And he (laughs) thought that was funny. It was like, Oh, okay. That's amazing. And like, who knows that small connection could like blossom into something. Or maybe after he sees a couple of your posts, he's like, Oh, I actually, maybe I don't need that thing, but I have a friend that was looking for that exact thing. Let me send over the post, you know? Right. Like it's, it's big, but yeah, one of my favorite 
tips or hacks for link adding people on LinkedIn is LinkedIn groups. So if you find a group of your target audience, so like my target audience through people I consult with is like marketing CMOs. So I can just type in LinkedIn marketing CMOs, click groups, and it's going to give me a ton of groups, add myself to one. Let's say there's 500 people in the group. That's 500 people in my target audience. I can add as connections that are going to see my content. Like that is super powerful. That and is really do that on other platforms because LinkedIn is like follow for follow, you know? I am so glad that you said that because I, I've been just going with it, but there was a part of me that's like, is this, are you supposed to do this with LinkedIn connections? Like, are you supposed to just add random people or is it, you're only supposed to add people that you know in real life and just hope other people follow you. I'm like, well, screw it. It doesn't really matter, but <laughs> yeah, add, add strangers. I'm all for adding strangers. I think of LinkedIn, like a networking event of if you would talk to the mm. person or want to talk to them at the networking event, like add them on LinkedIn. So like, cool maybe you wouldn't talk to someone in a completely different industry, like completely random, but would you talk to the person like a few steps above you or that works in an adjacent industry or maybe, you know, it's, it's somehow related, like, yeah, for sure. So, I, I mean, that's, you can think about your content on LinkedIn and just how you're positioning it that way too. Like, again, going back to a networking event, as you're building out your LinkedIn profile, like let's say you're a keynote speaker and your yeah. posts are speaking, right? What is your what does your profile look like? What is like the bio about you look like? How do you want people to perceive you at this conference? Like that is LinkedIn. And yeah. I do think we can bring, like again, we can bring playfulness into it. We can make it fun. We can make it like funny. We can be self-aware that LinkedIn is boring mm-hmm. and like not sexy. Like that's, that's let's like, again, be a mirror to what we're we're creating on. Yeah. Like I'm the first person who will refer to myself in a, you know, sort of sarcastic way as a LinkedIn influencer. And (laughs) when I started posting again, like two months ago, I was like, oh, I'm in my LinkedIn influencer era. So don't mind me, you know, and it immediately adds some levity to the situation of like, okay, there's some self-awareness there that like, this is silly and let's see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. The the biggest thing that happens when you initially start at least like for most people it's restarting it's like they made a LinkedIn a few years ago not really doing anything with it they restart it is you're like going to the top of people's minds that are already connected with you and so many times like so many people I work with are like all I did was update my profile all I did was do one post and then somebody reached out to me with an opportunity or somebody and somebody else like wanted to get a coffee and that led to this other thing like it is all these like weaving of of really interesting like crazy opportunities that can that can come out of it and you can also ask for what you want like I feel like it's more acceptable on LinkedIn to ask for what you want than other platforms like on Instagram if you're like I lost my job help people might be like what but on LinkedIn you can just say hey I got laid off and I'm really good at this I'm looking for a new job can anyone help me people Mm -hmm. want to reach out and help like or maybe you're like hey I'm working on doing a course and I really need a graphic designer that focuses on this specific thing can anybody help me out or like you know, I am really struggling with finding a tool that does X, Y, Z. Can somebody suggest it? Like, honestly, those are like my top performing posts when I ask people questions, but it also is so nice because you can get free advice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Quick pivot to to end us. Are you, are you single? Are you doing any dating on LinkedIn? Because my friend, do you know Maddie Macho? No, but I think maybe you sent me or somebody sent me a video on TikTok about like LinkedIn dating. <laughs> so my friend Maddie, she's a, we're mutuals on TikTok as well. And she um, is a reverse recruiter. And she talks a lot about how LinkedIn is the de- best dating site. Okay, wait, this is, this is smart. So no, I have a partner, we met on Hinge actually, like a few okay. uh, 
um, a few years ago, but I did stalk his LinkedIn, obvi. <laughs> but I do have a friend that works in consulting and consulting, like finance consulting. And there's like a lot of hot dudes in finance consulting. And she, yeah, she'll find like who she wants to reach out to or have meetings with specifically at the companies, like based off like if they're hot on their LinkedIn, which I'm sorry, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like it's motivating too. It's I smart. like being around hot people. Sorry about it. Like, I don't know. I think it's really smart. I mean, I think it's becoming normalized to like date on social media where a lot of people, I mean, I know people that are married because someone slid in someone's DMs, just Literally. like seeing them around. So you know, I think it's fun. Obviously, if like someone's pushing back and being like, this makes me uncomfy, don't do it. But like, oh, I would, if I was single, I would do it for sure. Right. Or at least, you know, start a little conversation, see what happens. Like it doesn't have to be an overt, hey, like want to date, but it's a little flirtation. Yeah. I think it's funny. And if you could be self-aware about it, like a hundred percent, the better, like it's, I don't know. I think of dating like sales where in sales, if you can get in front of someone easier, if you go through a route that is not crowded so like everyone's getting cold calls everyone's getting cold emails mm-hmm. but if you want to get in front of someone do something that's not you know typical send them a handwritten letter or link or send them a video on linkedin whatever and it's kind of the same for dating like if you meet someone in an interesting way you're like more likely to have like a deeper connection this is also really inspiring to me because I'm all about the bit. Like I will do a lot of things for the bit. <laughs> and I think it's a really funny bit. If someone asks like, oh, are you on the apps? It's like, yeah, LinkedIn, classic. <laughs> Just commit to the bit. You know what I mean? Go on it. Yeah. Oh my God. You should, you should do it. Are, are you single? Yeah, I am. Okay. Oh my gosh. Well, maybe LinkedIn. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep you updated on my um, LinkedIn dating journey because that's clearly my next venture. Like we got to make this fun. We do. I love it. <laughs> um, tell me about your course. Tell me about how people can work with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have a LinkedIn cohort coming up in January where it's two weeks, um, some live small group stuff, um, and then two one-on-one sessions with me. So cool. that's in Jan. Um, I also have a ton of free resources. Um, if you get on my newsletter, you'll just get all the things. So yeah, and you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'll, I'll add you back. I know you added me back and I was like, all right, we're, we're official now. (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. It was so good talking to you. I hope this inspired everyone and LinkedIn. If you want to pay us for this, we are available. So, you know, some free promo going their way. (laughs) 